What's up? <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Wow, it's, it feels really good to be back here. I'm going to say something to you guys right fast. Aren't you glad that you have a God who comes after you? A, a God that will kick walls down for you. How cool is that? We're going to talk about that tonight. My name is Stuart Mashburn. If you hadn't heard, um, I was a resident here last year. They got rid of me. Um, but it is really, really good. Bittersweet, even, to be back here. Um, the sweet part, because I see so many familiar faces, and obviously the, the bitter part that um, I miss you all so much. Um, I, le- I definitely left a piece of my heart here, and uh, it's just really, really, really good to be back. Forgive my really cracking voice. I'm battling the elements right now, and let me just say, I've gotten sick twice this year, and this is one of them. I don't get sick much, um, but the other one was right before I was about to speak at our FCA at the local high school as well. So I feel as if the enemy doesn't want you to hear what God has to say for you tonight. And so you need to listen. There might, there might be a word in here for you tonight. There might be some truth in this message for you tonight. So listen carefully, okay? <clears throat> How many of you have seen uh, the movie Castaway? Yeah, it's a good movie. Good movie, right? Okay, so... In this movie, Tom Hanks is in a plane crash and floats onto a deserted island where he is stranded. Okay, he has no way of getting off. While rummaging through some crash debris washed up on the shore, he opens up a box with a volleyball in it. That's right. Everybody's yelling it. Everybody knows. At first, it was just a volleyball to him. Okay. But after an extended amount of time alone on an island, things started to change dramatically. He began talking to it. He began conversing with it. And even drew a smiley face on it and gave it the name Wilson to make it more personal. Right? And this is funny in the movie. Everybody laughed at it, thought it was funny, but Wilson was all he had if you remember that. As the years went by and still no help came, he decided to build a raft, and he and Wilson ventured out into the ocean hoping for rescue. But one morning, adrift on the water, Tom wakes up and can't find Wilson. So we're going to play a little clip for you. It's pretty sad. And it's really, you can laugh at it, and then all of a sudden you stop laughing. Am I right? Because you're like, wow, he's really, really tore up about a volleyball. If a human can develop a relational bond with a volleyball with a smiley face on it, is there any question about how God has designed us? We crave relationship. What we teach in Christianity is not a religion that worships an impersonal distant deity or glorified prophet. What we teach 
is closeness. Closeness with a very near, very personal God that cares for you, understands you, and wants intimate discourse with you. James 4 confirmed, confirms that this is God's desire. The beginning of the verse says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you want the truth, I'll give you the truth. And that is this. No other religion in the world is like Christianity. We are exclusive. Other than Christianity, three, three of the main world religions are Hinduism, Islam, and Judaism. And they all say the same thing. You have to work your way up to God. That is what they will teach you. Some of them might not come out right and say it, but if you do your digging and you do your research, ultimately, you have to work your way up to God. You have to pull yourselves up by your own bootstraps. For Hinduism, it's called reaching ultimate enlightenment. And you get to that point going through a bunch of reincarnations and Hopefully your next reincarnation after you die is better than the last, and ultimately you get to this ultimate enlightenment stage. That's Hinduism. For Islam, it is your good outweighing your bad by keeping true to the five pillars or rules of Islam. And for Judaism, sadly, the majority of God's chosen people today believe that salvation comes from keeping God's law perfectly. One thing that helps distinguish our faith, from, our faith from theirs is this. There isn't a religion in the world where the creator died for his creation, except one. Romans 5.8 says this. Get that on the screen. I'll just say it to you. But God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And again, in 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Wow. In worldly religions, we have to get to God. With Christianity, God came to us. Lived a perfect life that we couldn't. Died on the cross, defeating sin, and was resurrected again, resurrecting himself, defeating death. And all we have to do is surrender our lives to him. Believe on him. And trust in his power to save us. That's it. And in addition to that, our God asks us to seek his face, draw near to him, and he has promised to meet us where we are in life. And then promises never, ever to leave you. Jesus, Jesus is not just my creator. Nor is he just my savior. He's my friend. Not a harsh, 
and personal judge. Not um, a father you can't please. I know that there are many in this room who have grown up with someone like that, with a father like that. You couldn't please him. There's nothing you could do to please them. He's not like that. He is my bridge to the Father. Jesus is my bridge to the Father, to a personal relationship with him. He's my bridge to eternal life, to eternity. When you surrender your life to Christ, you enter into a personal relationship with him because his Holy Spirit enters into you. And then there is dialogue. Like all relationships need, like Tom and Wilson, right? Maybe not so much. It's kind of a one-way conversation. Uh, but you know, it reminds me of a, a story I heard. Two guys are sitting down in a diner. And in the diner, they were just chilling there, having a meal. And they'd never met before. Um, so they just sat there across from one another. Uh, they never said a word. They looked at each other. They you know, nod. Waitress came up and asked them what they wanted. They'd tell the waitress what they want to eat, what they want to drink. They ate together and they'd look at each other. Mm, it's great, great. Everything. Never said a word. And then they got up, waved at each other, and left. Would you say that those two, two people knew each other really well? You see, it takes communication, it takes discourse, it takes conversation in order to, for a relationship to be built. He speaks to you, God. God speaks to you through his word. We speak to him through prayer. And through that exchange, you grow closer and closer, like friends tend to do when they, when they talk and spend time together. The creator of the universe died for you and desires closeness with you. So how much time are you spending with him? I'm asking you that tonight. The, the God that comes after you, kicks down walls for you, sent his only son to die for you. How much time are you spending with him? Or are you like the two people in the diner? Just acquaintances. I know that what many of you feel because I have felt it too. I just don't feel like God is there. I feel like nobody's listening when I pray. That's tough. I feel that a lot. I understand. And I'm with you. Sometimes it feels like, sometimes it feels like you're talking to a volleyball. But God promises us this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. Seek him. Even when feelings fail you. Especially when feelings fail you. And your friend, savior, and creator promises to meet you where you are. Now remember this. Your feelings will always come and go. But your God will never do that. He that has redeemed you promises, 
I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And that's a promise. Our God is not like our feelings and emotions. He is constant, and he has asked for us to seek him and find rest in his divine consistency. And be close. Closeness. That's what he desires with you, is closeness. Not Wilson the volleyball close. An actual relationship. A relationship that eclipses all others. He has come down for you, died for you, and rose again for you. Do you know him? If you know him, how much time are you spending with him? It's interesting. Um, a couple of days ago, a maniac walked into a mosque in New Zealand and killed 50 people. And I began to think to myself, how much time do we have left until Jesus comes back and says, I've had enough. It's time. It's time for justice. It's time for me to lay the hammer down, and it's time to separate the sheep from the goats. How much time do we have? Let me ask you guys a very, very personal question. The older you get in your faith and the closer that you get to the Lord, naturally a desire in your heart for something better than this place grows inside of you. You desire a different place. You desire a different home. You get homesick in a way. Are you feeling that? Do you feel that? Is eternity in your hearts? Do you think about it ever, what heaven might be like? What it might be like to have a complete and perfect body with no sin, no pain, no fear, no anxiety, no standards that you can't meet? No unmet expectations. Do you think, do you think about eternity? If you know him, how much time are you spending drawing closer to the God who kicks down walls for you? And it's said in his word, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. That's a promise. And I know for, my, I know for myself, I'm preaching to myself here. There are many days where I have gone and not read my Bible. There are many days where I have not bent the knee at my bedside and ask God to fill me that day. That's what God desires for us to do because he wants to have intimate discourse with us. Not a volleyball relationship. He wants to have a real relationship with you. So much time are we spending with him. Here's your group challenge for the night. Number one, try to think about the top two or three things in your life that take up most of your time during the week. How much time do you spend on these activities? Number two, as a group, discuss how you can hold each other accountable weekly in reading God's word and prayer and also how much time you can set apart for this. And there's your verses, Proverbs 8, 17, Jeremiah 29, 13, and Psalm 27, 8.
it really, really makes me happy to be back here. But I want you guys to know that 95 or maybe even 99% of you might walk out of this room here today and forget everything that I said. But I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to the 1% in here. Jesus said this all the time. He that has ears to hear, let him hear what God has to say. You might be hearing me, but a lot of you are not listening. And I hope, I hope that you'll walk out of here and, and, and question yourself and examine your own hearts and say, where is it really at? Do I have an intimate relationship with God? Or, or, are, we just, or are we just acquaintances? Are we just, am I talking to a volleyball with a painted face on it? Ask yourself that question tonight. And when you're praying, even Peter himself, one of the closest of Jesus' disciples said, Lord, help me. Like, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. He even admitted that his flesh gets in the way and keeps him from believing. And it makes him doubt. Makes him doubt himself. Makes him doubt his own Savior, his own God. And he asked Jesus to help him in his unbelief. Have you asked God that before? Lord, I want to be close to you. Help me in my closeness with you. Help me to get close to you. Give me a hunger and a desire for your word that I've never known before. I challenge you to do that tonight. And I challenge you leaders to challenge these younger ones to do that tonight. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the cross. Lord, I'm so grateful that you chose me to be your child when you could have passed me by. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you that you kicked down walls for me. Thank you that you come after me. Thank you that you leave the 90 and 9 and you come after me, the one. I pray, Lord, that you would put a desire in each person in here's heart to want to know you more on a deeper and more intimate level to know you in a way that they've never known you before. I pray that you would give them that hunger and that desire in their heart tonight. We love you. Thank you for speaking through me tonight. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.